this morning I want to invite you to turn with me in your copy of the scriptures to Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah chapter 58. Today, if you're looking for a message that is three points in a poem and that kind of thing, you're probably going to be a little disappointed this morning. Um, Just feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to just share some things that are on my heart. And uh, we're going to do that today um, as it regards to this message. Um, We are entering a week of prayer and fasting. And as we enter into this week, I believe God wants to do some great things in us. And this morning, we're going to talk about that. The the title, if you're going to give this message a title today, it would just simply be this, Cultivating Vision. Cultivating Vision. As you look at this passage in Isaiah 58, I would probably tell you, as it relates to passages that relate to fasting, this is probably one of the, would be considered a very typical passage that you would go to. It's one that you would probably understand and help us to understand what fasting is about. We're going to talk about that today, um, but there are some things that uh, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do in us this morning. Would you begin as we're going to read in verse uh, 1 of chapter 58. It says, cry aloud, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression in the house of Jacob, their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that has done righteousness and has not forsaken the ordinance of God. They ask me for the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Why have we fasted and you do not see? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no notice? Certainly on the day of your fast, you find your desire and are exacting all your on all your laborers. Certainly you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the fist of wickedness. You do not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head in a bull, as a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke? Is it not to divide your bread with the hungry and bring the poor who are outcast into your house? When you see the naked to cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall break forth as the morning, and your healing shall spring forth quickly, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your reward. Then you shall call, and the Lord shall answer. You shall cry, and he shall say, Here I am. Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that you would just allow us to hear you today. The things that you want to speak to us Let our hearts be open and our ears attentive to do and to follow what you want us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. The context of this passage of Scripture, as you read in the beginning, the, the Israelites were had all the religious rituals down. They, do, they knew exactly what to do. All the religious activity was in place. And, and they were upset and they were complaining that God was not helping them. 
But you see, they were performing these religious rituals as a duty instead of a heart that was broken and open before God. They were going through the motions. But their heart and their life and their lifestyle had was not in that activity. It was just about them. In verses 3-5, through five, God reminds the people that no religious act has any value to Him if it's, not, if it's coming from someone who simply tries to obey God and who's compassionate to other people is the only one that God honors. You know, what they were doing is this. They, they were having these times of fasting and prayer, but their lives weren't different. And what that means is this, they, they were going out and being dishonest with their workers. They were going out and being rude in their relationships. They were not showing love and compassion. They were showing sternness and wickedness and all of these things in their relationship with other people. They were going through all the religious rituals, but their heart had not been changed. There had been no change of heart. And so God says this, he says, listen, they've asked, why have we fasted and you have not heard? Why do we humble ourselves and you don't take notice of us, God? And God is saying, listen, it's because you're doing it with the wrong reasons, with the wrong motives. Your heart isn't in it. Amazing that as you read through that, that text and, and God begins to ask them some of these questions, I, I found that this uh, is, is something that sounds an awful like, like the great commandment type of thing. The great commandment is this, to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. As you begin to read some of these things, and, and you begin to say, man, to humble myself, and to bow my head uh, to the Lord, and to call a fast, and, and let that change my life. When God does that, what does He do? He's going to loosen the bonds of wickedness. He's going to uh, undo the heavy burden. He, he's going to let the oppressed go free. He's going to break every yoke. Isn't that a good promise? As you see this passage of Scripture and you begin to read this, you understand that it's not about the fact of seeking God's hand, though. It's about seeking His face, about loving God, and about loving people. When we turn our hearts toward a fast, it always involves checking us to see where we are in our love for God and our love for others. Because fasting deals with people. It deals with the conditions of the heart. And as you fast, God says that when you humble yourself before Him and you seek His face, that He will set you free. He'll loose the bonds of wickedness in your life. Because why? Because fasting causes us to see differently. Fasting causes us to see differently. You know, one thing that always should always accompany fasting is prayer. If you're going to fast, let's say you're going to fast lunch today, and you just decide that you're just going to turn on the ball game and watch the ball game, and, and I'm fasting lunch, but you're watching the ball game, you might as well go eat. You know why? Because a fast without prayer is just a bad diet. Oh my goodness. A fast without praying is just a bad diet. And you might as well go do the keto or the Cheeto 
or whatever diet you want to do, because without prayer, fasting is not, is not accomplishing anything. Because fasting and prayer change the way you see. You see, a diet will change the way you look. You ever been on a diet? Some of you are like, Pastor Joe, you're meddling. It's the new year. I've made resolutions. You're meddling. Well, that's okay. Stick with me for a minute. When you've been on a diet for a while, what does it start to do? It starts to change your appearance. It starts to change the way you look. A diet will change the way you look, but a prayer and a fast will change the way you see. Why is this important, you may ask? Because Proverbs 29.11 says it this way, without vision, people perish. Unless you get the heart of God and allow God to change your sight and what you see, people around you will die. Verse 8 talks about this, and he says that once you have completed and you've done this this fasting and you've gotten this prayer and God's allowed you to, to see Him and to do those things, what happens? He says your light will break forth as the morning. Prayer and fasting brings light. People will notice. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, oh man, I should have missed this morning. It's another one of those first of the year messages about vision, about prayer, about fasting. Can I just share a little something with you? I told you I was going to share my heart. And if you don't listen, I'm kidding, I'm just, just joking. I think there's a dangerous thing that's happening in the churches of America today. We've become comfortable. And we no longer see the need to sacrifice or to work hard in our spiritual life. We've become like dry ground. Heard a message even last Sunday that kind of dealt with this. It got me thinking about this, this thought process. And the problem with dry ground is that it becomes hard and it doesn't allow rain to come in. And it doesn't produce fruit. We've got to cultivate our life in such a way so that the rain of the Holy Spirit can saturate us and nourish us and produce fruit in our life. I think oftentimes we become comfortable with the weeds we become comfortable with the way things are. Because I'm going to tell you, to cultivate something, to get in and dig it up, to, to get in and to, to do a little work on it takes effort. This idea of prayer and fasting this week, if you are going to participate with us, I'm going to tell you, it's going to take effort. It's going to take hard work. It's going to take sacrifice. And if that is something that the American church is foreign to you know how blessed we are to come in here and meet like this? We are so amazingly blessed to come in, in this country that we can assemble together. We can praise the Lord. We can worship. We can do things that God has called us to do and encourage one another that way. Do you know in some countries if we met like this, you'd all be arrested? 
But in that kind of freedom and in that kind of thing, I believe the church of Jesus Christ, at least in America, that I have seen and watched is growing comfortable and they are growing a hard ground surface to where the Spirit of the living God is trying to rain down on them, but it never hits the roots. It never hits the place because we are so dry and there's so many weeds that we have just become accustomed to where we are and it's just comfortable and we don't need the rain. Saddened my heart. I read an article this week. Talked about the church in America. How we have become so inclusive. And what I mean by that is we have taken this word and we've said this word doesn't matter anymore. It's all about how we feel. It's about humanistic things. It's about the way that we think. And church, I'm going to tell you, there's no authority without this. There's no rain without this. It's all dry ground without the Holy Spirit in our life. You know, I, I, uh, I don't garden too much. I have the tools, but I don't garden a whole lot. My wife usually takes care of that. Um, this past year, we had a couple, a little bit of time there with my wife. She had a poison ivy outbreak, and she had an allergic reaction to some cucumbers we planted. Needless to say, we probably won't plant those cucumbers next year. And so I was looking at, at the area, in, in the garden area, and I'm thinking, yeah, I got this. Right? This is my favorite gardening tool right here. I'm not big on shovels. Because I do way too much damage with shovels. I dig up way too many plants and way too much stuff when I have a shovel in my hand. But you give me one of these, and man, I'm golden. So I get down and I, and I start pulling the, the weeds out and I start taking this thing and I start working it. Whew. Start working on the ground and kind of going around with it. And it's really cool when the plants are small because they fit right in this little opening and I don't crush them. Right, and so I I just start working with it and start start getting it and and we don't have a very big space where we grow things so it's not a big deal. But there's one thing I did notice is it, it takes a little work to do that. But then something else happened. In the front of our house is a long type flower bed and there has poison ivy that was in it. That's where my wife contracted the poison ivy, and so I was going to be the good husband. We'd sprayed the poison ivy. I had gotten out there with long sleeves, with gloves, long everything, almost head to toe. I was just covered because why? I didn't want to get it. And I said, I'm going to take this day and I'm going to pull up all these weeds. I'm going to pull up all this poison ivy because I love you, baby. And I went out there before she got out of bed, and I started pulling weeds, and I started pulling stuff, and then she comes out and says, listen, that shrub right there, I think we need to get rid of that shrub. And I said, I'm your man. So I went and got the shovel, started digging on that shrub, and I started pulling on that shrub, and I dug a little more, and I pulled a little more, and then I realized, what would Tim Taylor do? Maybe you've seen those episodes of Home Improvement. 
And I begin to think, what would Tim Taylor do? Tim Taylor would put a chain on this thing and drag this thing halfway across the yard. That's what Tim Taylor would do. So I came to my wife and I said, honey, I've got this great idea. Let's hook a chain on this thing and let's drag this thing all the way through the yard. And she says, I don't think that's a good idea. That sounds she, verbatim. She says, that sounds something that Tim Taylor would do. And I said, well, baby, I'll keep digging. And so I kept digging. And I never moved that shrub. But what I did do, got a backache. I was down on my back for two months. Couldn't swing a golf club. And if you know me, that's terrible. That's almost sinful. But there's something I I noticed about myself in the digging process. Is how out of shape I really am. And the problem with this is, and here's the analogy that I want to compare that to today. There are so many of us that are so out of shape spiritually. And what we do is we try, oh, man, we get the little thing out and we start doing some work and we, we want to get some things out of our life and we want to submit our, our lives to God and we want to practice and start a prayer life. We want to start reading our word. We want to start doing some things and, and, and we get going and all of a sudden we just tuck her out. Why? Because we're just so out of shape. And we just say, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm tired. And we have become so the place where we become dry ground because that tiredness turned us into comfortableness. And that comfort turned us into being a place where we are dry ground. Fasting is not comfortable. It's not easy. It demands sacrifice, hard work, and effort. But so does our daily life with Jesus. So does our daily life with Jesus. I ask you, as we approach this week of prayer and fasting, as a way for you to cultivate and produce fruit in your life. I'm going to say this. As you begin to cultivate fruit, cultivate the ground of your heart, you know what's going to happen? And you begin to open yourself up to the reign of the Holy Spirit and you get closer to God. You know what's going to happen? God's going to start changing the way you see. He's going to start changing the way that you look at things. You see, the circumstances that you're in, some of you are really dealing with different things that are really difficult. You're dealing with uh, uh, maybe depression. Maybe some of you are dealing with um, relational or marital issues. Some of you are dealing with cancer. Some of you are dealing with bad financial issues. Some of you are dealing with bad rapport. And you're thinking, man, if I just fast, if I just get on my face before God, God will take care of all of this. And he might. But that's not the purpose of the fast. That's not the purpose of the prayer. The fasting and the praying is not to seek God's hand. It's to seek his face. It's not to seek what God can do for you. It's to get close enough to him that when he whispers, you hear it. When the rain of the Holy Spirit begins to flood your heart, you begin to be quickened by him. And the thing that satisfies you is not about the things of this world. It's about the things of God. 
And then what will happen in your life that you will notice is this. There will be these issues. There will be these things that are still there. And God may come down and He may take all of that away. He may take none of that away. But the thing that will happen is this. You will understand the concept that says, even though this world you're going to have tribulation, be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world. You're going to have stuff. You're going to have issues. You're going to have relational things. You're going to experience hurt. You're going to experience pain. But can I tell you, if you will let the Holy Spirit of God reign on your heart, if you'll cultivate your life to the place where you can hear from the Lord and allow Him to do something inside of you, you will find yourself in the midst of your problems, in the midst of your hurt and your pain, giving glory and honor and praise to the Lord because it doesn't matter where you're at. It matters who you belong to. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Why do we do this? Why why, why do we do what we do? Why, Why do we cultivate that in our heart and in our life? Because the ultimate thing is we want to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all my strength. And then I also want to love people. Because the heartbeat of God is people. We, everything we do at our church, everything that we are about, we want to do it to reach people, to equip people, to love people. I'm going to just give a a short little thing here. Maybe you noticed in the foyer that we have a little display up. It's our community center. Did you know that's why we feel like as a leadership that, that that's why we're doing this? We're not doing this so that we can have a cool building that sits on the lot and everybody can drive by and say, Woo! Man, that is one sharp looking building. No. We're doing this to reach People, the time is short, and we've got to be about reaching people. Those drawings that you've seen up there, those have been in my heart for a long time. The things that we've talked about, this is not just a flim happen by night. We've discussed this as leaders, as board. We've discussed this as building committee, as staff. We have discussed all of this, and we have come to the place where, like, God, we feel like this is what you want to do. Why? Because we understand the concept of reaching people. You may have seen the CAD drawings. You may have seen the thermometer there that goes to 700,000. That's what we target that we're going to need to make this happen to pay it off in full. You know, we've started even this in 2018. We started this and we didn't really make any push. We didn't really put this out in front of you too much. Um, but we are currently over $100,000 toward our goal already. Praise the Lord. We'd love for you to pray about the opportunity to, to be a part of that, to, to, to be involved. And, and we're going to share some, some vision on this thing. And, and the thing is, that you look at this type of a, of, a, of a tool that God could use, and man, you think, man, that's, that's a really cool thing. But really, we want to reach all people in this community. We want to touch the lives of people in our town and in our county and in our area. Because we believe that once they get a hold of Jesus, Jesus can set them free. Once they get a hold of the king, the king can do amazing things in their life. 
I want to encourage you to pray about that regarding this vision. If you'll be serious to pray, and I know that God will speak to your heart about what to give. And let me just emphasize this, and this is, my last, this is the last part of the infomercial, okay? God doesn't need your money. Oh, some of you were taken back by that, wasn't you? God does not need your money. God owns everything. God doesn't need my money. If I'm of the, of the ilk that says God needs my money, God looks at me and says, you know what, that's like a pebble stone in the streets of glory, the amount that you have in gold. I don't need your money. God doesn't need your money. You know what God wants? Your obedience. God wants your heart. Because He knows if He's got your heart, then He's got your ear. And if He's got your ear, He's got your life. And He's got your life, He's got not only your wallet, He's got everything about you. God wants your obedience. Fasting and prayer, they help you to see better. God is challenging us to till the soil of our heart so that it's not hard. As I read again in Isaiah 58, there's some things that I notice. I see chains that are broken, the oppressed that go free. Today, are you struggling with depression? Are you struggling with cancer? Are you struggling in a relationship that's going bad? Are you struggling with physical ailments or finances? Let me encourage you today. Get your tool out. Get your tool out. Humble yourself. And say, Holy Spirit, I'm going to cultivate my heart. And I'm going to give you me. I'm going to say, God, let you do whatever you want to do in my life. I'm going to refocus myself and I'm going to begin this week with this week of prayer and fasting. I'm going to do things, God, that show that I love you. And you may be here today and you're thinking this might be instantaneous again. Let me just tell you, you're not seeking God's hand. You're seeking his face. It may not be on this earth that you see the end of this, but you'll get a heavenly perspective that maybe you didn't have before. God can bring light out of your darkness. He'll allow the rain of the Holy Spirit to come and quench your dry land. But you've got to cultivate. You've got to cultivate. You've got to look to Him. That was the word this morning that came in the first service. Look to me. Look to Him. This morning, I want to ask this question. Will you till with me? Will you till with me this week? Will you take your word and will you take your worship and you take your life and will you work it out and see the reign of the Holy Spirit speak to your life? Not so you can see what God can do for you, but so that you can get closer to Him. Would you bow your heads, please, Father, today? God, that is our ultimate goal, is to get closer to you. So, God, I pray right now, would you begin that in us? Would you begin that in us this morning? Would you stand across this sanctuary today?
I just feel compelled in my heart before we move forward as a response, another response to this message. I just feel compelled in my heart that there's some folks here today that you don't have that relationship with God. The Bible talks about how the Word of God is a seed that's planted inside of us and then that seed takes root and it begins to grow. And today you've had the gospel message, the seed planted again, and maybe this is the millionth time you've had that seed planted, but today you want to say, God, I want to make this decision to let this seed grow in my life. I want to serve you, Lord. I want to give my life to you today. That doesn't mean God's going to take you out of all of your troubles and your circumstances, but what it does mean is as you begin to look to Him, all of those things begin to take a whole new countenance. They begin to look all different as you look to the Lord, as you focus your attention, because you're seeing differently. So God, today I pray right now, Holy Spirit, move through this room. You're here today and you'd like to start a relationship with God. Maybe you've had one. Maybe it's not where you want it to be. Or maybe you've never had one today. Would you just slip up your hand? We want to pray with you this morning. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 If you raised your hand, or maybe if you didn't raise your hand, but you wanted to, I encourage you to repeat this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I come before you today. I humble my heart. And I ask for your forgiveness. I invite you into my life. Would you be the Lord of my heart? Thank you for second chances. Thank you for dying for me. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. You're here this morning and you say, you know what, Pastor Joe, I'm serious about tilling. I'm going to do some tilling this week. If you're serious about letting the Lord do some great things in your heart this week and tilling, would you just stretch both your hands to the Lord and say, God, you can start tilling in my life. I give you permission. This is going to be my week of breakthrough to you. I know that I've been dry. I know that I've been hard. I know that my ground has been, Lord, not saturated, but this week I'm going to get the weeds out. God, this week I'm going to till up the ground. I'm going to allow the rain of the Holy Spirit to flood in my heart. I'm going to take advantage of times of prayer. I'm going to take advantage of fasting. I'm going to take advantage of your word to like on a level I've never done before. And this week I'm going to till. I'm going to till. I'm going to tell. Heavenly Father, I pray, help us, God. Help us, God, to till our hearts with you. God, that we would get to the place where you cause us to see things the way you see them. That we would grow deeper in our walk with you than we've ever been before. That God, you would do things in us that you have never done before. God, you have so many promises that you said you're going to fulfill this year. One of the things that I want in my life starting today is the fact that I want to be tilling. I want to be the reign of the Holy Spirit reigning on my heart and reigning in my life. I want to worship and come near to my King and my Savior. So God, today, I give you permission as we till and as we move weeds, God, would you send the rain? 
Would you send the rain? Hallelujah.